Hey everyone, Acid Drop here from the future, actually about to do an intro to the intro to Annie Trip. I just wanted to do a quick um, kind of like reason for this podcast. I wanted to give a little bit of a backstory as to how I got into anime and how I got into manga. I realized that it focused a lot, at least in this particular episode, on anime. And that's mostly because when I was growing up, like I said in the episode, there's no... There was no manga like there was no way for me to get manga and the internet at the time like you know like it, like you had like systems like Kaza and stuff where people were getting sued for prior piracy left and right so it wasn't like i could go out and download all these mangas but anyways um i realized that when i after i made the episode that i left out a lot of anime that i grew up with like death note and stuff like that that actually really changed the culture in the u.s and really brought anime into the mainstream um alongside naruto and bleach but I just wanted to issue those corrections real quick before the episode started, and I hope that you enjoy um, this first episode of the podcast. Um, next week's episode, if I do it next week, I'm going to have an interview with somebody who is a subscriber to the channel and just how they got into anime and how they got into manga and you know things like that. So it should be really cool. I hope you enjoy it, and thanks again for listening, and please subscribe. Um, I'll have a link to the different podcast formats where this episode will be out, and yeah, thanks again. All right, peace. Hey everyone, Acid Drop here and you're listening to Annie Trip, the weekly manga and anime podcast that I just created and this is the brand spanking new first episode ever where our catchphrase is anime is one hell of a drug. So the reason I decided to create this podcast is mostly because I wanted to create extra videos for my YouTube channel that'll essentially kind of keep people uplifted and you know keep them listening to something while they're bored and I figured I would do it in the form of a podcast I would interview certain people from the community mainly my subscribers or people that I know on Twitter and I would just ask them questions about anime and just talk about anime sometimes it'll be me solo like this first episode I figured I would give you all a little bit of a background on me and how I got into anime and how I got into manga it's not really much to tell but I wanted to test out how to do a podcast and I wanted to really try my hand at it and essentially send it out there and see what people thought about it. Um, so sorry if the quality is not as good as what you're used to. I'm getting used to doing this on the fly, just speaking impromptu. Um, no script, just me just talking ad nauseum. So, you know, if you enjoy this, then I'll definitely do this and try to do it as a weekly thing. It might be bi-weekly depending on, you know, my time and just some topics that I would like to talk about. This week's topic is going to be uh, about how I got my start in essentially watching anime and reading manga. And yeah, we'll, I'll just kick it off. So I was born in the 90s and I grew up on a small island called Puerto Rico. And um, essentially in Puerto Rico, there's a lot of the things that are popular in the U.S., at least around the 90s, weren't really coming over as fast as they did um so you know let's say like 
people were really into Speed Racer in the 80s or whatever, that probably took a really long time to get to us. Even though, you know, you had cable syndication and stuff like that, the problem with Puerto Rico is that a lot of people speak only Spanish. So the Spanish dubs and stuff, that, that took a long time to really hit Puerto Rico and hit the, like, you know, the Spanish t- stations. Um, for the most part, the first anime that I can really remember watching as a young a young kid, really, was Dragon Ball Z. And Dragon Ball Z is obviously like a battle manga, battle anime that it, it really still is very popular amongst people, especially amongst people who grew up in the 90s and the late 80s, um, because of the fact that it was kind of like this first anime. Like, it, it, it's it, at least for that time period and at least in Puerto Rico and I think in other um, minority situations um dragon ball z was really your first anime and it was so interesting and so engaging that you couldn't just turn away from it and i can't really remember what station i started watching dragon ball z on i'm pretty sure it was cartoon network and it was toonami i think without toonami we wouldn't really have as many anime fans as there are right now and you know toonami was done away with and eventually toonami actually stopped showing anime and just started you know uh, i believe the cartoon turner which is like the the host of cartoon network the people who really run the station um they moved that over to adult swim like around that time block which is uh like past 9 p.m i think eastern was when they started showing more of like the adult cartoons and anime kind of got pushed into that, into the midnight or later block. But this is years down the line. This is around the mid 2000s, um, early to mid 2000s. So in the 90s, we had Toonami um, growing up. And I remember being absolutely in love with Dragon Ball Z, watching it with my older brother, um, going to school and talking to the other kids about it. Mostly, most only like the really like, like um, hardcore uh, students who, uh, spoke English as well as I can speak English right now. We're really watching Dragon Ball Z because most of the others had to wait for the Spanish dub, and the Spanish dub just was not as good or as interesting as you know obviously the English dub that a lot of us are very um, you know close to and grew up to. So I remember being really in love with Dragon Ball Z. I remember like really like being so surprised at every cliffhanger. I remember the Planet Namek arc very vividly, and and just being so you know worried and scared for Goku and all these characters that you kind of just start learning about. You don't really realize that there's an entire anime like before this one called just called Dragon Ball. So I was really into Dragon Ball Z. I collected the figures. My parents bought me the figures. I mean, we were like the entire block that I grew up in was really into it. And I believe even there was a trading card game that people were, were buying. Um, it You know, it's it was very interesting how that was everyone's like first anime and you just got hooked on it and kind of kept going with it. Um, from there... I believe I started watching Dragon Ball because Toonami started airing that concurrently alongside um, Dragon Ball Z. So you could, you know, watch Dragon Ball Z and then you could watch Dragon Ball and kind of get caught up with the story of Goku and like, you know, who he was and, and, and everything. And at the time, I didn't really realize that these two things were considered anime. When, you know, growing up, you just think of them as cartoons. You don't realize that this is something that comes from like, you know, a specific country that it, it's aired in a, in a specific language and then, you know, adopted by other stations who then have to re-record the dialogue, have to translate it and all this really long process. 
And to add even more to that, I never realized that there was such a thing as manga, that this was all based on a manga, which is just like, you know, a Japanese comic book that comes out sometimes weekly, sometimes monthly. All of these things like you don't really realize and we were never really exposed to. Um, Comic book stores didn't really exist in the area of Puerto Rico that I grew up in. And I don't really think that there is even many now there a lot of the comic quote-unquote comic shops were really hobby shops for playing like magic the gathering sometimes they were there was like a skate shop there was also a magic the gathering shop things like that so you know there was never really a lot of exposure to this type of thing and a lot of the old heads like a lot of people who are older than me who grew up in puerto rico really do their first exposure to anime without realizing is uh, astro boy and speed racer that seems to be like two that people really remember that they didn't even know were anime. So sorry for jumping back and forth. I'm just trying to remember <laughs> remember my youngest memories as I talk. But yeah, so Dragon Ball Z was one of my first animes. It's not surprising for anybody who grew up in the 90s. But what is surprising for me was that my interest kind of diverted from there. Even though I watched the episodes weekly with my brother and stuff, you know, I was really, really, really into like these other animes that Toonami was now bringing on. So you had um, Gundam Wing, which was one of my first Gundam animes, and that became like my soul, like love. I remember being like in the fourth grade and just having like a group of friends where we would just talk about Gundam Wing and just fantasize about what it would be like to have a Gundam, to be able to travel to space, to have like a spaceship colony situation. Like, you know, I was so young at the time, I didn't even realize what it was about this anime that really drew me to it but the story was engaging they had big mechs and i was rooting for the main character hito even though he was a very cold and one note protagonist you know like you don't really understand what is going on too much when you're that young you just understand that there's the bad guys there's the good guys and for whatever reason you know there's they're fighting with these giant mechs and i was really also that's when i really first started getting into like the idea of like these stories having a romance component to it because you had uh you know you watch dragon ball z and like there's no there's real no real romance to it like i believe in dragon ball there is some um but in dragon ball z like goku's already married you know like there are some romances in terms of you have you know gohan eventually you know getting a girlfriend and getting married and stuff like that but a lot of like that development i feel like at least from what i'm remembering is skipped over you don't really ever get to see them like engage and you know like flirt and things like that whereas with gundam wing i felt like i got a little bit more of that with hito and the girl who i forgot her name right now where they essentially just kind of you know, there is something there and you could just feel it. Maybe at the time I was just growing up, you know, and I was just like really realizing these things a lot more than I was supposed to. But Gundam Wing was my first mecha anime and one of my first animes where I was really, really, really invested in. And I remember for Christmas one year, my parents even bought me like this giant wing Gundam figure that you could actually morph into like the flight um, capability that it had you could actually change it into flight mode and it was probably one of my favorite toys ever and I kept it all the way until high school like late high school I still had that thing you know the, this is a long long time um, besides that I would also go to the stores and like whenever I would find like the the gumplas I didn't even know they were called gumplas I just thought that this was something that you you know like you like like it was just you had to make your own toy I didn't know that there was this whole subculture around it that 
it requires people to really be not creative but like well yeah creative and also be dedicated to putting these components together uh, my dad would always build them for me like painstakingly he would build them for me and then like i would just break them or you know like kind of lose them very quickly or lose pieces of them um, but i loved them and i would use my allowance to buy them like all the time so on the flip side of that after that anime really ran its course there were two other animes that i remember as a young man that I really enjoyed. And this is when I was still living in Puerto Rico. One of them was Tenchi Muyo, which for the life of me, I cannot remember which version of Tenchi Muyo I watched. Um, I remember being heavily invested in the version of Tenchi Muyo where I believe her name is Riku. Uh, I can't remember, but she's the, the, the space pirate who's also like a demon. I remember being really invested in the version of that show where she's essentially sealed in a cave and he actually revives her on accident. That's the version that I remember the most. And that's really when I started to kind of like get invested into like these ro more romance um, driven series. Uh, I can't remember a lot about Shimuyo, honestly, but I really remember loving it. I remember the sword that he had and like I remember like being really dramatically invested in it. Um, Oh god, I just realized I skipped so many animes. Um, but you know, I, I'll go back. So, you know, I really remember being invested in this one and being very in love with with it. Um, let me try and think of something else. I even remember watching it all the way up until Tenchi uh, Muyo goes to Tokyo, or t yeah, Tenchi Tokyo, I believe what it was called. Like Toonami was just bombarding you with anime left and right. But to track a little bit before I get to more Toonami centric animes, I just remember that. While Dragon Ball Z was my first anime, I didn't watch Gundam Wing next. The two anime that I remember watching next as a kid because they were on the morning cartoon slot, I believe like around 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on WB, Kids WB, Channel 8, was uh, Pokemon and Digimon. And I remember being really, really, really invested in both. With Pokemon, I think I remember actually, I can't remember if the anime came first to Puerto Rico or the video game because I remember having the video game and then getting invested in the first episode of the anime when it came over. So I remember loving that. That was my set, like, you know, like another anime that a lot of us 90s kids grew up with. Digimon is weird because I like Digimon a lot more um, than Pokemon at times. You know, Pokemon had the games and that's really what led people to really love the anime. Um, but Digimon had just like the better story to me, especially like the first two or three seasons, the first like three Digidestined. Um, you have the the first one being about these kids who are essentially trapped in, in this virtual world with these like creatures and they are trying to figure it out while trying to find their way home. And I remember being filled with this sense of wonder and almost like, you know, like, like I really, same thing with Dragon Ball Z, like I really wanted to watch the next episode. I wanted to know how it ended up. And I remember my parents actually bought me Greymon, like it was like a figure like of Greymon. I got it for uh, Christmas at school, I believe around the fourth grade or so. Um, yeah, this is a long time ago. Either third grade or the fourth grade, I remember getting it and being really stoked because everyone was really into Digimon at the time. And I think even before Digimon, what got us really into the idea of it was the, Tamago the Tamagotchis which were really popular in the 90s, and one of them was Digimon-themed. Um, and I remember that very, very well. And uh, I've, everyone was playing those things before Digimon came out, and then everyone got really into Digimon. 
and collecting Digimon. And I believe even Digimon had a trading card game, but that wasn't as popular as the Pokemon trading card game. Around this time, you know, the Pokemon trading card game became really popular and even the get like because of the Game Boy game. So everyone was collecting that. Everyone was watching it. And, you know, so was I, but I wasn't as invested in it emotionally as a kid as I was with Digimon. And uh, I even remember Pokemon had the trading card game game for the Game Boy, where it was essentially the same thing as the Game Boy game, but you would go and you would fight uh, gym leaders with your cards and trainers with your cards and stuff. It was an interesting game that I kind of wish they would remake in this new um, era, but I just guess there's not a lot of interest for that right now. So anyways, so we, you know, I watched Digimon and Pokemon, and then eventually Toonami really started giving me the more mature anime with Gundam Wing, Tenshi Muyo, and eventually one of my favorite animes, Outlaw Star. So I remember Outlaw Star as being one of the last animes that I was really into while watching Toonami, and eventually I think we, I started watching it in Puerto Rico, and then I kept thinking about it a lot even when I moved to the U.S., um, so Outlaw Star, obviously, it, it came out around the same time as Cowboy Bebop, but Cowboy Bebop was never shown any, it was never, I don't think it was ever shown on Toonami because I'd never seen it. And I only really watched anime when it came on like public, you know, TV, not public access, but you know, TV, like cable TV and Outlaw Star somehow got onto Toonami, but Cowboy Bebop didn't, at least around the time that I was watching it. So everyone has this fond love for Cowboy Bebop, but for me, Outlaw Star is like the better, and you know, my thoughts have changed throughout time, but Outlaw Star was always the better space cowboy mixed with martial arts, like, you know, like space adventure for me. Like it had everything that I could want. It had spaceship combat, had a compelling story. It had cool looking characters. It had a romance plot. Um, you know, between Gene Starwind and uh, the android chick, and even, um, you know, the first chick that, that you really meet. And I'll do a review of, about Outlaw Star later on um, <laughs> as time goes on. But, you know, it had a lot of the things that I liked. It had martial arts. It had the cool weapons with, with magic. It had everything that you could really want in a franchise that'll get kids hooked. And for some reason, I feel like a lot of people missed out on it, and I'm not very sure why. It just doesn't feel like it's, uh, sorry for the background noise, guys, New York City, you know, <laughs> there's always people with loud motorcycles and stuff out here. It's crazy. So, you know, it had everything that you could really want in a series to, to franchise it. And I'm surprised that it was just a one and done. It was a 20 episode anime and, and there was never anything else from it. But I remember that mixed with Gundam Wing, Outlaw Star really fueled my fascination for space and the idea of space travel and the idea of just you know, being something so not normal, like being a space bounty hunter, being a space pirate, all these things, like, really fueled my love for space. I remember Toonami even had these commercials, like these very emotional-driven commercials about space, and they would use clips of Outlaw Star and Gundam to really promote Toonami as a, as a TV block. And, you know, that was really interesting to me, and I remember those commercials still. I even look them up on YouTube from time to time just so that I can essentially, you know, kind of relive those late days of like wondering, you know, like, oh, will I, well, by the time I'm a grown up, will I be able to go into space? Which the answer is no, but we're getting there, you know? So yeah, that's, that's one of the ones that I really remember loving a lot as a kid. And I think at this point I was kind of transitioning from 
young adolescents who kind of like, you know, like becoming more of a teenager when I watched it. Cause I remember thinking like very, like I, I'll say I'll go into like fifth grade or going into sixth grade. I had more deeper thoughts about it as, as a series than I would have if I was a kid. So from there, essentially we kind of, you know, anime kind of started slowing down for me. Toonami started showing off a lot of more different things I hadn't moved at this point. I remember the last anime that I watched while I still lived in Puerto Rico was the original Gundam series that was being shown on Toonami. And I remember watching that and, you know, kind of catching it in bits and pieces. I, I actually used to use the VHS tape to record some of these because of the fact that, like, you know, like sometimes it would air like as I was coming home from school or like after like, you know, or my parents would force me to do homework and I would miss an episode and I'd be really, really upset. I was that invested in it that I would use like, you know, VHS tapes to record these when they would come on. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it from my era living on the island and not really having a lot of access to anime. Um, I feel like I finished Gundam Wing by the time I was already in the U.S. and living in Florida and going to middle school or something like that. I remember there was a spe specific Gundam anime that I was still watching on Toonami in middle school, and I would get really upset if I missed the episodes. Um, but yeah, so once we moved, you know, in the mid-2000s and the early 2000s, I think Toonami just kind of like stopped showing as much anime as it used to. And it, it moved towards the later night. And my interest kind of, you know, diverted from here. I remember the first time I was introduced to manga was because Yu-Gi-Oh! started becoming very popular. It started airing in, um, you know, Kids of WB alongside, you know, like Pokemon. And at the time, I can't remember if they were still showing Digimon. But this was like the next wave of anime uh, that people really grabbed onto and became really successful in the U.S. And I remember ordering the manga um, when I was around the 6th or 7th grade, and that was my first manga, and I was really obsessed with it. And it wasn't even, like, the first, you know, volume or, the, or anything like that. It was, like a, like, a volume in the middle. And I never ordered another manga again because of the fact that, like, you know, it was expensive and nobody carried mangas, like, at all. You couldn't get it at bookstores. You couldn't go anywhere and get manga. It was very difficult to find, um, at least when I was growing up. Um, so, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! was the next wave. I remember playing the trading card game at school, getting my cards confiscated, things like that. And this era kind of became a little weird for anime as well because of the fact that a lot of us were in that period where you start to kind of grow up more and, you know, people kind of make fun of you for watching cartoons, people make fun of you for playing video games. That stigma was still there when I was a kid, uh, when I was around this age. And, you know, so you had to kind of hide what it was that you were watching and what you were doing. And other things became more popular, like Comedy Central, like comedy, you know, watching Chappelle's show, watching the boondocks, which is kind of like a mix of anime as well as like West, like, you know, US style um, animation and storytelling, which I'll do a video on sometime in the future. But yeah, this was kind of like, you know, the next wave of anime for me was really staying up late at night and catching little bits of Cowboy Bebop, um, you know, waking up early in the mornings to catch Yu-Gi-Oh! And, you know, kind of getting made fun of for really being into Yu-Gi-Oh! Despite the fact that people really played the trading card game. Um, the next really big anime that I remember getting really into as Adult Swim started to show more was Samurai Champloo. And I watched that around the right time, I believe. I, I can't remember the exact uh, era of it, but it was mostly like, 
I'm trying to think. I think it was a late night anime, and I would watch it. I want to say I was in the eighth grade or so. I was in the eighth grade going to ninth, I think, when Samurai Champloo really started airing. And my friend and I, uh, my who was also my best friend and my neighbor, he would record it on VHS, and I would come early in the morning. We would watch an episode of Samurai Champloo, and we'd be super stoked on it. It was just such a great mixture of hip-hop you know like it was just a great mixture of everything that was really popular at the time comedy pop all of that around that same time you could catch episodes of uh i believe cowboy bebop as well sometimes in the very late night showing inuyasha became really popular around the time for me being in the sixth grade all the way to the eighth i would catch episodes of adult swim but again it was one of those ones that would air so late that you wouldn't really be able to catch it um and then after that, I want to say around this era, I'm trying to think what other anime started airing that are really popular. Uh, so you had Inuyasha, you had Cowboy Bebop, you had Samurai Champloo. Sometimes they would show Yu Yu Hakusho, which was another one that I got really into alongside my friends. Again, it was very difficult to watch these and finish them all because sometimes like Adult Swim would just not show them anymore. Um, sometimes, uh, like they would just, you know, end their running and you couldn't, you never finished it. You never finished the story. I remember Yu Yu Hakusho might've actually been on Toonami and not, and not just Adult Swim. I get them a little confused because like I said, after a while, Toonami just kind of stopped showing it and then you had to catch in on Adult Swim. But I remember quite a few of my friends in middle school were into Yu Hakusho and they wanted to buy the video game, even though IGN said it was really bad. So there was that. I'm trying to think what else. There was also, so Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, Rironi Kenshin, which people know as Samurai X, was another one that was very popular. And like I said, around the time, a, a lot of these series kind of like were my favorite things to watch growing up. Full Metal Alchemist was another one. The original, not Brotherhood. Um, this was another one that you could catch that people were really into. But it really wasn't till Naruto and Bleach started around the time that I was in high school, a freshman in high school, and maybe even a sophomore the anime really hit the mainstream. I remember when Naruto became really popular uh, around uh, Halloween time, which is October here in the US, like everybody, like all the popular kids, everybody was dressed as Naruto characters. It was really interesting and kind of like insane to see how anime had already around this time, I want to say 2006 or so, 2006 or 2007 had really broken into like high school level people were watching it people were watching bleach people were talking about anime a little bit more we even had an otaku uh school club that was created i never joined it <laughs> but you know we had people who were really invested in it weren't afraid to wear like the full metal keychains weren't afraid to really talk more about anime and i kept watching it uh, very religiously i watched uh naruto bleach and i had a friend who had like a giant brick like hard drive where he would go online and just download episodes after episodes that were subbed like he stopped watching the dubs he was like watch the subs the subs are better you know he was like they're way ahead like japan is way ahead and this is when i transitioned really from watching dubbed anime to starting to watch sub because he would just kind of like send them to me and i would be like all right cool let's watch it and that's really when i started watching it a lot more um, again, anime and manga in my life really had their ebbs and flows because of the fact of accessibility. It wasn't really easy to watch a lot of these things. And I remember watching Fate Stay Night in its entirety on YouTube. 
that's how old I am where YouTube actually had all these animes up and you wouldn't they wouldn't get taken down. So I remember being very invested in Fate Stay Night in high school and watching it all on YouTube. I had all the episodes bookmarked. You could really catch quite a few um, main like animes that are now like really popular. You can catch them on YouTube for free. You you still can. At times, I think Dodo 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 no not Dodo Dodo Dororo was one of the, one of the animes that Amazon remade where like somebody was just dumping all the episodes on YouTube and you could watch it and they never took it down. It was kind of crazy, but. Yeah, so around this time, it was really a mixture of, of animes and people really getting excited and really talking about it a lot more. I didn't really get super into it again till I was a senior in high school, and uh, I graduated early, and I met some some guys who became my friends. Um, they became friends of the friend group that I was already in, and they were really into not only anime and manga, but really into J-Rock, specifically. Um, specifically Visual Kai. And that was really when I dove back into the world of anime and manga. Uh, manga really, again, because of accessibility, it was really difficult for me to find any. Sometimes I would get lucky, but there aren't any that I really remember being standout mangas that I read. And I was already like, you know, a college freshman at this point, and I could not, for the life of me, read manga. I just couldn't find any websites, nothing like that. So, from the, that point on, um, there's like a huge time gap before I really got into anime again. You know, I would watch episodes here and there, but you, there wasn't a really uh, Crunchyroll was a thing I believe around this time, but it wasn't as good as it is now, where you have like all these selection at your choice and you can watch it sub. It had just started to become a thing, and I remember Hulu being another place where you could watch anime for free. You know, like I was a college student, so I was broke. It really wasn't, and I'm going to skip a long time here. It really wasn't until I was a senior in college that I really started watching anime again, particularly via Netflix. Like I would go over to my friend's house and we would watch like Welcome to the NHK and we would watch like all these other animes. Uh, I believe Nana was one of them. And Netflix really started kind of like putting out some more anime that wasn't Crunchyroll. Like Crunchyroll, the biggest problem with Crunchyroll was I believe at the time, even though smartphones were around, I didn't really have like the app or anything like that. And I didn't want to use the web browser. Like I just kind of wanted to chill and watch it on my TV without having to go through a struggle. And I had a girlfriend at the time who actually made fun of me for being really invested in anime and really watching a lot more. And, and that it, like the wheel started turning and that's when I really became hooked. I was around 24 at the time when I really started actually pursuing reading manga and found out about like apps and found out like it, it, I moved to New York, you know, after a few years and I bought a country roll subscription and I started watching more anime like every day, every day, every day watching anime at night, you know, just like finding really great anime that's entertaining, finding the storytelling better, finding the art better. Then from there, I actually started. I actually started collecting physical manga. I got the Shonen Jump app. You know, started reading more manga. Manga Rock was a thing. Obviously, everyone used Manga Rock for a while, and you know, this is where I'm at now. Um, you know, where I'm essentially <laughs> reviewing manga and animes that I watch for, you know, an audience that's super lovely and people really dig the channel and people really dig the work that I do, and that's awesome. And you know, like every aficionado of manga and anime i wish that i could make my own someday but it's just not gonna not possible with my times constraint my career and 
just funding, it's really hard to make one. But I've thought up of a thousand different animes and mangas that I wish that I could write. Um, so that's pretty much my background and my chronological order of how, well, like the animes that stood out to me as a child who that really got me hooked on it. And, you know, I skipped a lot mostly because I'm by myself and I have other things to do. And I figured this is a good intro episode to kind of give you an idea of the mangas and animes that really shaped me. Mostly anime because mangas were so difficult to find. And I'm trying to think of one of the one of the mangas that I read from start to finish, like for the first time ever. And I think... The only one that I can think of is Berserk. Uh, Berserk is one of the only mangas that I've really read from start to finish. Obviously, it goes on hiatus all the time, but that one is one that I really, really got invested in. It, it really wasn't until all these apps came out that I actually started sitting down and going through series. Like, there's years, like there's over 20 years of mangas that I've completely missed because of just accessibility, and it's crazy to think that there's so much great content out there that I can read and enjoy. So yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of Annie Trip. I'll be sure to be back next week. I'll have uh, a friend of the channel and a really cool guy come in and we can just kind of, um, you know, talk about anime and, you know, just essentially like his story about it and, you know, what he values in anime and what he likes about anime and manga. Anyways, thanks for watching or sorry, thanks for listening and I'll catch you all next week. Peace.